Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. Countdown continues. It's getting that much closer to the start of an Eagle season. Uh, we are talking a mere matter of three days. It's getting yeah. close, folks. Start uh, of the NFL season, though, tonight. Hours from now yeah. with the Chiefs and the Lions. And that could turn out to be a good game because Chiefs. By, yeah, by the way, I'd be disappointed right off the bat, Jody, if the Lions didn't beat a Chiefs team that was minus Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. We'll see if Travis Kelsey. I was going to say, we don't know that Kelsey's not. No, 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 no. Uh, But they're going to test him out this morning, supposedly. But if he can't play, I'd be disappointed uh, if they didn't beat the Chiefs, honestly. Um, Those are two really good players. Really good players. Yeah. Uh, If you're you're rating the top three team, three players on the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, those would be two out of three. Yeah, another quarterback guy probably yeah. in that mix, but that's yeah. two out of the three best players. That's pretty important uh, to be without. Yeah. It could change the outcome of that game. So it would uh, end up being, hopefully, a very good competitive game that keeps us up uh, later than we're used to or later than we want to be if we got to be up here and do Birds 365, which we will be tomorrow on a football Friday. But first things first, the Thursday, which means after a Wednesday uh, media session slash practice for the Philadelphia Eagles. Johnny Mac, did you learn anything about what the Philadelphia Eagles are going to do with their special teams uh, after we signed off the air yesterday and you spent time in South Philadelphia? Yeah, I think I learned quite a bit. Number one, Aaron Cepas is going to be the punter. So, yeah, I mean, he was out there holding for Jake Elliott. Um because they were doing some special teams work at the beginning. Um, See, and I would have bet good money 
that there was no chance they were going to do special teams at the beginning while you guys were there. Yeah, that's a good they point. Would, they would keep that right. under wraps till after they say, all right, you guys can leave now and watch you guys walk out the door. Yeah. All right, special teams. Comes as a surprise yeah. they actually let you Yeah, guys a little bit because Boston also was the uh, first team kickoff returner, an indication that he'll be active uh, because we talked about can they keep four running backs active. Uh, well, if they can't, it's going to be Rashad Penny down, not Boston Scott. So um, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, but, yeah, Aaron Cepos is going to be the punter. They didn't sign a punter, obviously, for Wednesday practice, so they're going to elevate him. Um, and, yeah, they made it very clear when they cut because that news broke. I don't know if you remember, Jody. And, in fact, I think our own Derek Gunn was the first one who had it. And uh, Deacon was like, they're 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 cutting CPOS, and everybody was excited. And not Deacon, but you know, fan base doesn't like Baron CPOS. Um, and then a couple minutes later, Deacon got to clarification. Well, you know, we really like him. You know, he might be back. We're going to take a look at some other punters. They made it very clear behind the scenes that this is probably not the end of Aaron CPOS in Philadelphia. Uh, and they worked out four guys. And from what I was told, you know, if they saw a clear, definitive upgrade, they'd go in that direction, obviously. But if not, they're comfortable with Sipos. And, you know, there's two parts of it, the punting aspect and the holding aspect. I brought that up a bunch of times. Now, look, kickers are sometimes they're weird animals. And if they get comfortable with somebody, you don't want to mess with that necessarily. Jake Elliott has been phenomenal um, with Aaron Sipas. He's very comfortable with the operation, so to speak, as they call it. Um, so you're affecting a, a couple of things. And uh, basically, I think the Eagles extended the tryout three weeks. Like, if Aaron Sipas goes out there and kicks another Kadarius Tony-like punt and Marcus Jones takes it back and wins the football game, I think he's out of here. So it could, it, it wouldn't even he be. He might not be allowed back on the plane yeah, from New England. It wouldn't even be necessarily a three week continued tryout. But as long as he keeps going and he's competent for three weeks, I think he's going to be back on the roster. So they extended sort of the decision making process. Uh, but that's number one. Number two, I mentioned with Boston Scott. And I'm one of the under, I just mentioned Marcus Jones, because Marcus Jones, I mentioned yesterday on the show, um, you know, he's the best punt returner in football last year, uh, all pro. Um, and he's very good. And to me, it was like, all right, you lost Zach McPherson, not the Eagles' fault, but he was their best gunner. Josh Joe was their other gunner. He's, he's, left practice with an illness yesterday, but he seemed fine. I saw him afterwards. I, I think he'll be able to go. So I think he'll be one of the guns. Well, I know he'll be one of the gunners. And and then the other one was a little bit of a surprise. I was told by a, a team source that it's it's probably going to be Sidney Brown, which tells me two things. Um, not starting at safety. Um and he's he's probably going to be the other gunner. Um, and, you know, I suppose that's how they were doing it in practice, I was told. And I suppose they could say, oh, we did a bad job and switch it. 
Calais Ringo was the second team guy. Um, I thought Ringo would be the guy, but it looks like it's going to be Sidney Brown. He's got tremendous athleticism, tremendous, you know, does it translate? I don't know, but there you have it. Special teams starting the show. And did either of these guys do it in college? They were star players on their college. Team. Uh, Sydney, I do not believe. I, I'm going to try to talk to him about that uh, when I see him in the locker room. Hopefully today. Um, I, I did see him yesterday in the locker room, but I didn't know at the time um, that he was going to be or projected to be a gunner. Um, so I, I do want to talk to him about it. I'll I'll try to talk to him about it. My guess is because he was a star and it was Illinois. No, right. that's just a guess, though. Um, Ringo, Georgia makes their star players play special teams. Nolan played special teams, Nolan Smith. Um, so I think he did, but I'll ask him as well because um, George is a little bit different um, and they have the cachet to, you know, they're so good. They can tell star players, Hey, look, you got to play special teams. Uh, doesn't tend to be that way with other sort of mid level, not criticizing Illinois, but obviously they're not, not Georgia. Georgia. No, yeah. and he's a star player. So generally they don't play special teams. Do you expect Nolan Smith to play specials for the, Eagles I do, right off the bat? Yeah, I do. Right? not a lot, but I do, you know, not, you know, he'll, yeah, he'll be out there. He'll be out there think out of necessity they're going to have to and that's a nice test week one if the eagles come away with a win by the way win the game and go up against the best punt returner week number one then you could either build a little confidence and or realize okay we've undersold special teams all off season including putting the roster together this has to be dealt with right now uh so a nice little test for week number one and uh, the patriots will be a test in a couple different ways johnny mack one of which is, uh, yeah, they're going up against Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien, the uh, new offensive coordinator for the Patriots, because their offensive coordinator from last year is in the Eagle locker room, and his name's Matt Patricia. I, mean, <laughs> I, I laugh when you say offensive coordinator, but yeah, yeah, that was a that was a strange setup. Um, you have to give him a title, and I'm sorry. The individual who calls more plays than anyone else over the course of a season. To me, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm laugh. I'm laughing at the Patriots. Yeah, technically, he was the offensive line coach, and uh, but he called the plays. And Joe Judge was the quarterbacks coach. So talk about convoluted. You wonder why Mac Jones had a bad season, and why they're excited about Mac Jones having a bounce back season with. Bill O'Brien, um, there's your answer. I mean, yeah, I, I, I love Bill Belichick. I, I don't make any bones about it. I said yesterday on the show, I think he's the best coach of all time. That doesn't mean he, he's 100% right all the time. That was a mistake uh, going the direction he did. Everybody makes mistakes. He is a human being. Um, and that was obviously a mistake, but he corrected it. And Bill's, you know. Bill's a veteran guy he's comfortable with. Like He doesn't like to go outside his, his purview. Um, and obviously, I mean, he keeps bringing back guys for sequels. But, um, you know, Bill's obviously a high-level offensive mind in the NFL. So it should be better. What do you think the 
Eagles are going to be able to get out of Patricia for this week because you're right. Uh, Belichick's one, two, one, eight, whatever you want to call him, greatest coach of all time, even though he's 25 and 25 since that Brady guy left and hasn't made the playoffs yet. Um, his, his track record, his track record, which is off the charts. But part of the reason why track record is that good, he knows that guys leave, come back, leave and try and give away the uh, secret sauce and how he wins and everything else. Uh, I, I would rather have the insights of a guy like Matt Patricia than not have him. But how much do you think they're actually going to bet? When the game's over and done with, they go, you know, Matt told us about that. And damn if it didn't work. Damn if we weren't prepared for it. Damn if we didn't have that sniffed out ahead of time. How much are they actually going to get out of Patricia this week? I, I think it's helpful. I mean, especially we just, you know, we worked very closely with Mac Jones last year. Um, and so he knows the quarterback very, very well. Um, I think that's helpful. Um, but, you know, I, I'll always say that stuff's kind of overrated because most guys know what's going on anyway. And it's about execution and it's about, you know, getting people in the right spots and making sure they another Belichick is and do their job. Um, you know, it's always about the players, but yeah, I think it's helpful. He knows more about Mac Jones than anybody else in the Eagles building. So he, he knows what he does. Well, he knows what he doesn't do well. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, I think he's, he's helpful this week, more helpful. He's helpful every week because he's a good defensive mind, but, um, I think he's even more helpful this week uh, than the average week. All right, Johnny Mac. I was thinking about this before the show, and I said, all right, John's running out of here. Uh, Les Bowen's going to join us coming up in a little over five minutes from now. Johnny's got to get over to South Philly, so Mark Barzett is going to jump in for him in hour number two. Um, last year, uh, once the season got underway, there was some changing in the roster, but not a whole of a lot. And you guys covering the team would get your – inactives every single week it would come out at a specific time and you'd find out who was not dressing for the philadelphia eagles for the most part it was the same guys week in and week out some little changes uh from week to week depending on injuries this that and the other thing but uh, a lot of guys were on that same list every single week it's gonna start again for you this sunday johnny mac you're gonna get that inactive list again and it could be a bunch of guys that are there all year that the Eagles are protecting and might not find a roster spot to be able to play them, not elevated to the 46, but on the 53 all year long. This year's a little tricky, cutting it down to decide who will be the 46 playing. And, oh, by the way, it really should be doing math, 53 from 46 from 53 is seven. you got to find seven guys. It really knows it's going to be eight because Sippas is going to be at least week one. You don't think they'll elevate Sippas. Why would they elevate Sippas when they've got three weeks that they can just move them up from the practice squad, make them active. But if that's the case, that's just one more guy. They got to sit. In no, advance. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would argue they're probably going to elevate two players to be honest. I, I, you know, obviously they have to elevate Sippas. So yeah, that adds one. But I also think they might – Nicholas Morrow would be my guess. You know, they only have three linebackers just from the standpoint of, you know, what if somebody gets hurt, you know, plus he can play special teams. Um, so I, I think they're going to elevate two players. 
Now, you get one back. Tanner McGee had the emergency quarterback role this year, so you don't have to put him on there like Ian Book because he gets the dress. Um, oh, yeah, but you, got, you have to put him on the list. No, he's the emergency quarterback. Right, so. but, he's, but he's one of the guys who is inactive. He only becomes active if he needs to be active. I think you yes. got to – he but doesn't he's have to not be one of your forty-six. Well, one, one, one. The, the there's forty-seven this year, so they changed the rule. If you want to use it, you don't have to use it, but you'd be dumb if you don't. So right. what I'm saying is, instead of forty-six, it's going to be forty-seven. They're not going to list Tanner McKee on the on the list of inactives. He's going to be designated as the emergency quarterback. They used to have this rule. They 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 had the rule. They they stopped the rule and now they're bringing it back. So, well, all I'm trying to say is, like last year, we always joked it was the the uh, the sermon from the Book of Job. They hand out the list of names. He will not be on that list. So, just from a bookkeeping standpoint, the emergency quarterback's not going to be on that list. Um, so it, it comes down to six plus two because. Definitively, Sipos, um, and and I think they're going to elevate a second player. Um, could be Morrow, could be a, a coverage player on special teams, but I I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, judging by what they were doing in practice, um, and, and they might not elevate a second player. So it, it's going to be it's going to be uh, 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 you know you're going to either need one or two extra players depending on what the Eagles decide. But the guys I would say are, are definitely going to be um, inactive. inactive. They're not, they're not dressing four tight ends. Um, I, I think for week one, it's probably going to be Albert O um, as he continues to learn the offense. But I think long-term uh, I think it's going to be Calcaterra in that role. But for, for week one, I'll go Albert O uh, as one of them. Um, then on the offensive line, it's going to be either Tyler Steen or Suo Peta, who's inactive. One of the two. Um, I'm going rookie heavy on this list. I think it's going to be Steen. Uh, it's going to start his career inactive. Um, they have too many defensive players. <laughs> um, so, Again, to me, it comes down to Patrick Johnson or Derek Barnett on the edge. And from what the Eagles have said, I, like I would keep Johnson active because he could help you on special, special teams. teams. But they keep saying Barnett's going to have a role. So unless they're lying to me, and it wouldn't be the first time, but for now I'm going Patrick Johnson as inactive. And fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. I'm never going to believe anything you say again, Eagles. So, um, But they've been saying – pretty consistently Derek Barnett is going to have a role. Um, so I'm going to go Patrick Johnson there. Then I think two defensive tackles he can't play. One's easy. That's Moro Ajomo. Uh, the other, it comes down to Contavia Street and Marlon Tui Pelotu. And I think that could be, you know, week one I'm going with uh, Street because I, I think you need the run defender. Um and Marlins the run defender. Week two, it might be the opposite with Minnesota. You might need more of the pass rusher. But I would go Contavia Street. How many am I up to? Um, and then Rex and Goodrich. 
I don't I don't think either are going to dress. Um, I think both are going to sit. Yeah. Um, good, and and I'll tell you why. Ricks is going to sit. Ricks is going to be active. Good Rich, because he can play the slot. Right. Yeah. But you have Justin Evans. Justin Evans can play the slot. So that's my thought process behind that. And I think if worse comes to worse, they just put Justin Evans in the slot. Um, and that's how they what handle if Justin it. Evans is their starting safety. Yeah. If they that, can't play both. But, you know, you can, as CJ proved, you know, last year when Avante Maddox came out, CJ was the starting safety. Uh, and then he moved down to the slot when they had a slot and Reed would rotate in. In this case, if Justin Evans is a starter, if you need a nickel because Avante gets hurt, God forbid, you, you roll them down to the slot and Terrell Edmonds comes in. So they did it last year. So why, why can't they do it this year? Now they have more confidence in those players from last year, but that that's my thought process on, on uh, Goodrich. Right. Sounds like he wasn't in the gunner mix, but was Goodrich Goodrich didn't play all that much last year. I think part of the decision on that last uh, defensive back is going to come down to special teams and who's going to be part of the coverage. Is yeah, there... well, that's part of, part of my concern. So the one side was Job. We know Job's going to do it. And Oz, uh, Alameda Zacchaeus was the other back up there. Um, and by the way, he's also going to be the punt returner, I think, because I don't think they're going to elevate Britton Covey. Britton Covey. Um, and then the other one was, as I said, Sydney. And uh, who am I missing? Um, oh, Ringo. Um, so, and then Ricks was third team on one side, and I, I forget who the third team was on the other side. And and the thing about punt coverage is the Gunners don't make every tackle. No. They're the guys who are most easily seen because they're split out and they get down there the fastest. You got to have guys that are quote unquote part of the line that get downfield and make tackles too. So it's not just all about the gunner. You got to have the you have the partner and you got 11 to uh, 10 other defenders. Somebody else got to get down there and make a tackle. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do week one because they are facing arguably the best punt returner in the game. All right. He's Mc, uh, Mc, uh, John McMullen. I should know his name by now. I'm <laughs> McDonald. We are Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. I see in our green room. With a green shirt on because he's not in front of a green screen. He's ready for the season. He wants to talk. Eagles with us. Les Bowen joins us next here on Birds 365.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We got our buddy Les Bowen. You got to check out his podcast, Bowen on the Birds. And he hops on with us when we ask him for his insights. Uh, Les, here's where I need to start today. You are still on the beat for Sirianni's rookie year, right? No, you... Yeah, Yeah, okay. Well, sort of. I... Part of the year, yeah. Okay, so part of the year. Uh, at any point during that year, did you suggest to Nick Sirianni should give up play calling? And <laughs> oh, man, we got to go down this route. Yeah, uh, that yeah. was that was exactly, yeah, Nick. I said, Nick, Nick, you know, this, you're two and five. This isn't going. No, what a ridiculous. Yeah, I figured it was you, Bowen. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if it was Gannon, but I know somebody had to get in his ear and make him give it up. So I thought maybe it was you. So I guess you guys saw it, and Marcus Hayes has a column today uh, that basically refutes that an Eagle source says this uh, had no uh, – this is a total fantasy on Jonathan Gannon's part that it never happened, which doesn't surprise me at all. He said about 12 things now, uh, yeah. starting with the, the media. He's not with- good with messaging, Les, and I like Jonathan personally. Um, he's not good with messaging. Yeah. Here's how I describe it. I read the piece. Uh, I think it was Zach Keeper, so I want to give him credit uh, mm-hmm. from, the from the athletic. Yes, yes. Like I believe that was his advice to Nick Sirianni, um, as sort of friends and colleagues. Effort, um, you know, from the mm-hmm. standpoint of Nick was because I think Nick and and by the way, I say that because he told me that he said Effort. He told me that numerous times. He said. What do I care? But um, from Nick's standpoint, there was a concern. We've talked about it on this show. I'm sure you've talked about it. 
when you give up play calling, when you're hired to be a play caller, and when you give up play calling, that looks bad. That's like, oh, yeah. oh. So I think from the standpoint, I think what happened is Nick was telling Jonathan he was thinking about giving up play calling, and he was right. like, but uh, I'm going to look bad. And Jonathan said, F it. Like that part, I believe. Right. I, I don't believe Jonathan Gannon came up with the idea. Yes, came yeah. up with the idea. So that's kind of – and he's really bad with messaging. Like the, the talk about the reporters like you, Les, and me – and we said, oh, Jonathan Gannon should be fired. Um, yeah. That never happened. He kind of right. conflated it with WIP. And by the way, he told one of the Eagles PR guys he wanted to apologize to us, the beat reporters. Um, I don't think they had, they gave that information out. They gave it out to some people, but not every everyone. So I think it was conflated. He, he's poor with messaging. He really is. And he's got to tighten that up. But I, I, in other words, part of the story I think is right on. But no, I don't think Jonathan Gannon said, hey, Nick, you should give up play calling. And Nick said, yeah, sure, Jonathan. Uh, Let me just add one thing to it. If he, and the quote was, hey, if we're three and 14, we're all going to get fired. Okay. So then guess what? Enjoy your year in Arizona, John, because you're going two and 15. And if you're right, you should get your ass fired when the season's over and done with. Well, yeah, they might. I mean, it's yeah. uh, they're tanking, uh, yeah. but it purposefully. You kind of have to in, when you're in that situation. You have to keep guys together and focused and believing that they're out there for a purpose. It's a. I think it's a. I don't think the NFL is a good place to tank. No, it, it's not. It's, people are going out there putting their lives on the line more or less, you know, every week. Uh, The careers are so short. Every year is so precious to you as a player. Uh, You're being asked to play for a team that isn't trying to win. I think that's a lot to ask. Agreed. And uh, I don't think it goes well Uh, when people do that. I think people are going to want out of there. I think people are going to sort of stop trying, you know, and it's going to be real ugly if they don't, uh, you know, if they don't manage to be competitive. A team uh, that's trying to lose with a coach that's bad at messaging equals yeah. dumpster fire. Man, well, I, I think re- it is going to be a dumpster fire this year. But here's the only thing I'll say about that, guys. One, the GM is friends with him, understands yeah. the plan, much like Sam Hankey here. And by the way, anybody who knows, I can't stand tanking. So I'm not defending it. But the back end of this, and I agree with you, Les, they might have the first and second picks of the draft. They True. might get Caleb Williams and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. Bang, bang. At the that top would make a difference, draft. yes. Yeah, and all of a sudden, yeah, you're off and running. So I would just say everything situationally, if you yeah. go 3-14 and 14 in Philadelphia, you're getting fired. Right. If you go 3-14 and 14 or even 1-14, and 16 in Arizona, which knows they're tanking and knows the end game is Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, I, I think you might be Brett Brown. Right. Ultimately, you're going to get fired, but not right away. Yeah. yeah, but then when you get Bidwell on the line doing an interview with him, I go, my partner John McMullen says the worst thing you can do is have 
a defensive head coach if you're going to go agree with, with a that young too. quarterback. I don't Why like the it. hell are you keeping Jonathan Gannon as your head coach? Get his ass out the door ASAP. I'm honest about that, Les. I yeah. would never hire a defensive head coach in the current yeah, environment in the NFL. No. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. Period. End of sentence. You I can, would not. You if can I were, work if you have a really good offensive coordinator, yeah. but if you have a really good offensive coordinator, the very next year he'll be somebody else's. Exactly. Head. Exactly. So I'm I'm like I, I don't think it's fair to those guys, but yeah, if somebody what and by the way, feel free if somebody wants a parachute six billion or so in my bank account and I buy an NFL team, I'm not even looking at defensive guys. Right. Right. But you know, I think you guys are a defensive discussed... guy if you've got an established quarterback. But yeah. here's where I agree with you, John. Right. If you're taking the number one pick in the draft or quarterback in the first four picks and you got to build it from the right, yeah, you're better off with an offensive head coach. That I agree with you. But while we're on the Gannon subject, I know this is your show and I shouldn't hijack the topic. Go for it. No, go for uh, it. I love when people hijack. So the other thing in that story is that the explanations of the two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. And I had problems with both of those explanations. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Uh, one covered zero blitz. Yeah. The one he just says basically it was the player's fault that we that we had covered this the right way all year and we didn't cover it in the Super Bowl. I, I don't like that because he's the one coaching the players, and and I as with a lot of his statements, we haven't vetted that. I don't know that they covered it all year long. I know there was a lot made after the game of an instance in a 2021 game where they didn't cover it, which is probably where Kansas city got the idea to run that. Uh, I, it, I don't like a coach that says, well, you know, I told him what to do. But... <laughs> uh, I, I... Well, again, I, I agree less, but it's messaging like, yeah. and I've been telling Jody since day one, Look, I hate this scheme that the Eagles run. Jody knows. I hate the Fangio scheme. I think too many people run it. I think people are yeah. figuring it out. Uh, but I said the Eagles all year, long before the Super Bowl, I said the Eagles were the best of the Fangio defensive teams because they communicated well on the back end. You see these other teams, blown coverages all over the place with this damn defense. Blown coverages all over the place. And so, for some reason, that day, they did not communicate well. Yeah, with that, especially they didn't. In the half. And that second touchdown, he said, okay, that we were in a zero blitz. Zero blitz, yeah. But he didn't really even take responsibility for that. What he said was that he looked at what the defensive backs coach had them doing and thought, well, that's probably what I would have done. Yeah, he bombed it off on the defensive backs coach. Which the defense yeah, maybe why that's not what side responsible not. for what this cover. I mean, he's saying that's probably what I would have done, but he's there's a layer there of separation. Oh he's yeah, taking himself yeah. out of the. And as a leader, you got to take responsibility. Yeah. See, there's where I criticize Jonathan here in this instance. You have to take responsibility, even if it's yeah. not your fault. Yes. Um, Andy Reid. It, 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 always, it, always. Yeah. Um, you know, if, 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 if it's successful, you, you give everybody, you give the players credit. If it's yeah. not successful, you, you got to take the blame. That part I agree with. On the other hand, and this is long before I even talked to JG about it. 
That's what I said to Jody. Blown coverage, zero blitz. I'm not making it up. He didn't tell it to me. That's what happened in the game. Yeah. Um, and the Eagles were the best team in football. Uh, not not in football. The best team of the, the Fangio defenses. And they blew the coverage. I mean, yeah. and then I think Jonathan, ironically, maybe to a certain extent, zero blitz. They're not a zero blitz team. That's not right. what they do. So right. I criticize them more for the zero blitz. But the fan base loves the zero blitz. Yeah. Not when it doesn't work, though. Right. And, you know, they yeah. had the, you did have the slippery field and all that, which made pass rush really problematic for the Eagles and yeah. gave people this idea that Kansas City's offensive line had done this wonderful job, you know. But, uh, you know, it it just uh, – everything he says just seems to have a – something that sort of tweaks you a little bit, you know, he's got it. He's got to tighten up his messaging. He really does. You, you can't, if you're the head coach of a football team, you can't just say stuff like, Oh, they wanted me fired or, Oh, we were nine and Oh, and they weren't nine and Oh, even little things like that. You got to tighten things up. Right. He's got to learn that. Um, I don't know if he will. I don't know if he wants, but I can't get on board. I'm sorry. Here's where I just, I can't, people saying he was a bad coach here. I can't get on board with that. Yeah. Les, you got to go back to 1991 to find a defense that was ranked higher in the NFL than the Eagles defense last season. Now you can put it in the context of the quarterbacks that never played bad quarterbacks before. You were here for the Andy Reid era. I remember everybody's well, Andy's success, the NFC East was bad. Andy would get that all the time. Well, yeah. who were you beating? Yeah, it was. Um, and that, you know, I remember this with Jim Johnson. I mean, we had maybe my first year covering the Eagles, Peyton Manning showed up one day at the vet, and nothing Jim Johnson did made any difference whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh I understand that that part of it. I, I do think the defensive rankings were a little bit of a mirage because they didn't, whenever they played a good quarterback, they did have trouble. And maybe it is the scheme, as you say, I don't really know. Yeah, but, I'm not a big fan of the scheme, yeah. but even I the the year before when he had Gennard Avery and not Hassan Reddick, and he had Javon Hargrave playing nose tackle, not Jordan Davis or Linball Joseph and, Javon's a great player, but can't mm-hmm. play nose tackle. Um, they were number 10. Yeah. He was here for two years. He had a top 10 defense both years. Year two, they made the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They had 70 sacks. I can't call the guy a bad coach. I can't. Right. He's he was a good defensive coordinator. Good luck with him as a head coach because yeah. uh, it's a different set of rules. It's a different. Oh, that that I agree and, with. There's uh, tons of good coordinators who are terrible head coaches. And I think he may very well be one of them. All right, let's get back to the Eagles 2023. Sean Desai will be calling the plays from the sideline on Sunday against the New England Patriots. He's used the word himself. Uh, Sirianni used it. They were really vanilla in Mm -hmm. preseason. Now, John's down there for practices. Maybe they're less vanilla. Maybe they're uh, they're not chocolate. Maybe they're uh, 
at three different colors. What do you call it again when you have strawberry? Neapolitan or something? Neapolitan. Yeah. Maybe they're Neapolitan in yeah. practice, and you can actually read a little something, something. But we won't really know till Sunday. What do you think the biggest difference will be? Because we know there's going to be a difference. Might not be massive. Might be even difficult to find. But what do you think will be the noticeable difference between a Sean Desai defense and a Jonathan Gannon defense? Or am I just talking out my ear all? And there'll be no difference. It'll be exactly the same, Les. Well, I'm hoping the biggest difference will be kind of a, a hard-to-quantify difference, which would be that they'll adjust when people do the same thing over and over again and it keeps working, that they'll, you know, change it up a little back there. But uh, aside from that, I think up front, they have so much talent. They have way more talent than they've ever had before. Uh, They can do a lot of things. They can play five-man fronts, six-man, you know, with a couple guys dropping back. They can do all kinds of things. They don't have linebackers, but they do have defensive linemen who are incredibly athletic and and talented. I'm expecting to see a lot of, you know, Nolan Smith is out there, but there's four or five other defensive linemen, and Nolan Smith is sort of a linebacker and sort of a lineman. And I don't know. Uh, John can tell me whether that's realistic or not. But uh, well, I, 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 I would say this less about – uh, Sean Desai, I think yeah, Sean spoke yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody listens to Sean because I'll bring up uh, Jody. He's a little vanilla. Um, He's boring. Yes. But I, you know, for the 10th time, I think he said philosophy of eliminating explosive plays. Yeah. Uh, you don't, I'm, I'm written out direct quote. You don't want to give up a chunk real estate of yards. It doesn't really match. Like, you can't just apply that to one player. It's a scheme thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Defensive structure is not to give up big plays. We're not in the business of giving up free yards. We want people to earn things on us and make them work to earn things. I I think he's got to hit people over the head. This is the 10th time. And by the way, Les, this is a Nick Sirianni thing. Nick Sirianni thinks – that is the toughest way uh, from an offensive standpoint. In other words, he looks at the defenses he has difficulty with, and he believes they're the ones, the Fangio defenses, that limit explosive plays. That makes and that's his one goal. Drive. Yeah. yeah, that's his one goal, and it's not changing. And he's told people 10 times, and they won't listen. It's, a, it's amazing to me. They're playing the same scheme. Is it going to look a little bit different? Yeah, because they have different personnel. But here's my problem. You lose C.J. Gardner-Johnson, playmaker. You lose T.J. Edwards. You lose Javon Hargrave. The personnel's not as good. So there's some upside with N'Kobe Dean, but how quickly do you get there? Yeah, I don't have any I, – I, we've talked before about N'Kobe Dean. I don't have no, any idea what to really expect. I know expectations are incredibly high. I just haven't seen enough to to buy into that. I, I saw what he did at Georgia, but, you know, this is yeah. SEC, so I, I don't know. But I don't – as far as losing Javon, Javon was a great pass rusher for a defensive tackle. He was a terrible run defender. Yes. 
I, I do think there's enough talent there to more than make up for that. And that's a big statement, I know. But there's so many, uh, you know, with Carter and Davis and, uh, and Williams, I, I just think they can they can piece together a group that can be fresh. Oh, I agree with you with the front. Yeah. I mean, they're so talented up front. That My concern is the, you know, right up the middle, uh, yeah. linebacker safety. That's my concern. Uh, the and that could come into play too. this week. Uh, yeah. The Patriots can throw it to the tight ends a lot. They have Gesicki and uh, Hunt. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hunter Henry. Hunter yeah. Henry. Yeah. yeah. I almost got his name right. I was close. Uh, and they will not want to, with their offensive line, they're not going to want to be standing back, have Mac Jones standing back there, you know, trying to find Juju Smith Schuster 80 yards down the field. I think they're going to throw the tight end and they're going to run, and we're going to see if the Eagles are are able to defend that, and I think it'll be interesting. And that's the uh, type of defense they want to play. They they prefer you to run the football, and they think they'll be able to get off the field often enough that you won't be yeah. putting up points. Uh, no chunk plays. That's They're playing right into the Fangio defense that the Eagles like to play. All right, enough about the defense. We should talk about the Eagles offense because – as much as we focus on the defense and Cannon and where they rank, whatever. Let's be honest. The Eagles are in the Super Bowl more because of the offense than they were the defense. We can note the ranking of the defense and give it its proper due, but the Eagles are a better offensive team. They were a defensive team, and they're going to be a better offensive team this year than yeah. a defensive team. Can they be a better offense than last year's offensive team, West Bowen? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, Every offseason, he seems to take a leap forward. I don't know how much le- more leaping he can do <laughs> at this point, but uh, I-, I think he he talks like he's going to be even better than he was last year. I think the running backs room they have now, uh, they won't have a 1,200-yard rusher like Miles Sanders, but they'll have backs they can throw to if they want to do that. That was not a weapon they used last year. I think the receivers are excellent. Uh, the third receiver is still wide receiver is still kind of iffy, but that's not a big deal. They've got the two main ones and they've got Dallas Goddard, the offensive line right guard has changed hands. I'll be shocked if that's a big deal, if that really causes them huge problems. Uh, I, I do think this offense can be better than last year. I think there were times last year when it wasn't efficient. You know, that it didn't, it left points on the table. Jalen would talk about that after games. Uh, And I think there's an opportunity to really tighten that up and be uh, just a dominating offense this year. With, you know, for we kind of forget because the Super Bowl and the playoffs kind of are what's in the front of our minds. But there was a point in the season where people were calling Jalen a game manager, that he wasn't that good a passer. That, you know, that uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, we saw late in the season or at least in the playoffs that he certainly can be a very devastating passer and can put up big numbers there. He doesn't have to run the ball in himself as he was doing early in the season. I think we'll see less of that. I think we'll see fewer offensive touchdowns from Jalen Hurts on on his feet and more through the air. Uh, But, Yeah. yeah, I think their offense can be better. 
maybe he was a game manager when his shoulder was hanging by a thread, yes. but he's yes. still able to win games. That's actually a right. positive. Um, but when he was healthy, I think it was week two in Minnesota, speaking of the Fangio defense and a crappy Fangio defense, you know, they came in and said, all right, he's going to have to throw the ball to beat us. Yeah. And he just killed them. Yeah. So from week two on, you kind of knew, uh, all right, they were off and running offensively. I'm with you, Les. Uh, their offense is going to be very good. It's just a matter of how good. Um, special teams, though. Boy, there is a third base. I don't know if the Eagles know that anymore. They used to know it. When Harbaugh was here, when Dave Pipp was here, they don't seem to care about poor Michael Clay, and it's Michael Clay day, so Michael's going to talk. I don't know about what. He's got a he's got a practice squad punter. Yeah. Um, all his coverage guys are gone. Yeah. Um, what the hell are they doing on special? Well, teams? I was going to ask you: Is this a Sirianni thing? Because this has never been in twenty years of covering the Eagles. Yeah, they never been they the always had. Yeah. There've been years when it was up and down, or they made a bad decision, like the year Rory Segrist was in charge. Yeah. You know, but. It's it's a focus that they've maintained for many, many years through several coaching staffs, and it just doesn't seem to be there anymore. Is Hallie Roseman not going to take, you know, some charge of this and say, look, we can't we can't be losing points every week on special teams? Do you you really believe that, Les? That he can do that? If you've got the construction of the roster and you got a hundred percent to give out to who's pulling what strings and getting it done do you not believe that howie's about 75 to 80 percent of it and the coach is getting his ear and talk to me he listens and it may affect what you think but he's the guy who's eventually going to make the call i'm yeah. not dropping this on sirianni's plate this is howie we well, believe that howie I, is the it's the never been of howie. The roster. It, it's never been the way howie has operated in the past so you know here's my theory bless so I want to throw this out. The rule changes. Okay. Like kickoffs, not as important. So kickoff right. coverage, not as important. You got better punters, at least in other cities, not necessarily in Philadelphia, where we you have yeah. these guys kicking the football 50 yards with incredible hang time, which has made punt returns less important. So punt coverage is less important. They do have a good field goal kicker. That's still important. Yeah, you got to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I say it's the rule changes. It's just not as important, so they've devalued it, just like running back and linebacker. That's but my theory. On. Let me let uh, let's kind of ask the question of both of us. I uh, want you to answer. When you say they, break down they. Yeah. Howie. Is it Howie, Howie. who's looked at the rules and said yeah. we need to put less, or is it Sirianni getting Howie's ear going? You know, they changed no, the rules, and we don't Howie. need as much for special. As people. you pointed, I mean. Howie's in charge of the roster. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. I, w- I would say it's Howie's decision. But that's my theory. That's just a theory. I oh, asked Howie after the draft. He's a smart it. man, though. Yeah. And you you saw the games unfold last season. You saw games over and over again where a special team snafu. The Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, even way before that. Yeah. There were plenty of games where something uh, – blocked punt or something the eagles were dominating the game and then all of a sudden it became a dogfight because of a special teams play 
you've got to see that. I mean, it, he's watching the games. I just don't understand. I, I don't get it. That's I, my worry. Week one, last Marcus yeah. Jones is the best punt returner in football. And the Eagles and, don't have coverage, guys. And Belichick always has good special teams. Yeah. It, it's not just returns. You could block a punt. You could block a field goal. Uh, you mentioned that Minnesota game from last year, John. The play I remember from that game is the blocked field goal where the yeah. holder yeah. had to run down a cornerback to keep a yeah. touchdown from being scored. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, you just can't have stuff like that and win the yeah. Super Bowl. You can't. And yeah. if they're going to be like that again, I – it, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And how Howie can be right, and I think we're all on the same page here. Howie is the main guy, and mm -hmm. uh, yes, special teams because of rule changes should be de-emphasized. Some you can always overdo it. You can you can come to the right conclusion, but then overreact. Yes. And play yes. your hand too hard and say, "Well, it means nothing." Well, no, it means less. There's a difference between less and nothing. And I yeah. hope that Howie hasn't overplayed his hands and going special team special teams. I I think it's a legit concern for the entire season. Yeah. I know a perfect example of what you're talking about, Jody, from Andy Reid. When he was in Green Bay and he had Brett Favre as his quarterback, he was the quarterback's coach. Uh, he felt Favre was much too dependent. They had a dominant receiver. I'm going to say the wrong guy. It wasn't Shannon Sharp. It was uh, Sterling Sharp. I would yeah, think. Sterling Sharp. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Sterling. Yeah. Well, they got rid of Sterling Sharp, and Favre suddenly started distributing the ball all around, and and Andy thought this was better. So yeah. when Andy got to the Eagles, he didn't want to have a dominant receiver because he thought Donovan McDab would just throw to that dominant receiver. Well, we saw what that – Yeah. How that yeah. worked out for years and years and years yeah. before he gave up on that idea. It was – again, he started with a good premise. Boy. Yeah, that, that's a that's a delicate balance. That's a good point, Les. That's Les, what it's all about, yeah. balance. Yeah. You want to move the football around, and if you get somebody who's too good, I get what Andy was thinking, but yeah, Todd Kingston uh, and, uh, yeah. and James Thrash. No. Yeah. 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 All right. At Les Bowen, not less or nothing here. Our less is That's more. Right. Um, so I would say that listen to uh, Les's podcast. I was on there, by the way. Fun time. Yes, you were. With, and this uh, week I have Bowen. Ben Valen from the Boston Globe. Yes, Ben. Right. Our by the way, I think Ben, I don't know if you guys saw, I believe, ask him this. I believe Ben was the one who asked Bill Belichick about long snappers. And he went off. You guys got to look for this. He went off on a 10-minute yeah. history lesson on long snappers and special teams. It's unbelievable. It. Yeah, It is unbelievable. So when you leave the show, and make sure you listen to the second hour. But go find Bill Belichick talking about special teams. I certainly will, yes. Yeah. And ask Ben about it because I think – but uh, Bill said Ben a couple times, so I assume okay. it was him. Uh, it went, he just went off. And when you ask him about the history of football, he's unbelievable. Now, if you ask him about his players, he's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But All right, since I uh, recommend, since this is the last time you'll be on our show before the game, um, if you want to give us your insights, game number one, you can. If you want to paint broad brush strokes, feel free. 
but you got to tell us what kind of a season you think the Eagles are going to have less. Oh, the season. Okay. I was prepared to predict the game, but you want to. Right, well, I'm, I'm giving you your choice. I'm letting you go anywhere you want here. Either yeah. narrow focus Sunday versus the Pats or tell us how 2023 is going to end for the Eagles. Well, I'll do both. I it, The game, they ought to get through it. I doubt that it'll be a masterpiece. Uh, you know, they don't play the starters in the preseason. Uh, Bill O'Brien, nobody qu- quite knows what to expect there with him and the Patriots offense. Uh, I see a tougher game maybe than they want, maybe like a 25-22 win or something like that against a pretty good defense. The season, I'm saying 12-5, and five, something like that, and that's not – you know, that's less wins, fewer wins than last year, but it's a much tougher schedule on the back end. And I just don't think, uh, you know, they can be 14 and three. If they're 14 and three with this schedule, you know, Ooh, that's a good your team. Super Bowl yeah. uh, <laughs> before the end of the regular season, because Man. that would be incredible. But uh, I think, you know, I mean, unless people get hurt, this is a great team. Less great stuff. We appreciate it whenever you come on board. You know we're going to have you on plenty during the season. Thank you much for doing it today. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you, Les. Couldn't do a lead-up to Eagles first game week without uh, Les Bowen. Uh, love when Les comes on with us. Been covering the team for a very long period of time. All right, uh, Johnny Mack, are you South Jersey, uh, South Philly bound? Uh, what do you got today? Yeah, uh, Brian today? Johnson got moved up. Uh, so now he's a 10. So now I got to speed up. The Eagles just moved that up uh, while we were on the air. What so time he was, was he supposed to talk? After practice. So at like 1230. But now I got to race down there like a lunatic and hope there's no traffic on 40. I'll tell you, this team is killing me, Jody, with the late schedule. I didn't even started yet. They're already right. killing you. Right. Uh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Johnny Nobody Max cares. Inside baseball. Yeah. Hi, Mark Farzetta. I see you in the green room. There he in, is. Inside the car for John McMullen is where he's yeah. got to get and get down to South Philly as soon as possible. All right. Yeah. Mark Farzetta coming up next. Johnny Mac, uh, you and I tomorrow. You're going to be leaving at uh, like uh, 12.15, uh, 8.15 tomorrow. You're going to give us a solid 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep well, who knows? Over. Yeah. They'll move up Nick Sirianni till 8.30. Yeah, so yeah, good luck. Starting to get uh, a complex. I think they're doing it to me specifically. To, to screw birds 365. Yeah. Thank you very much, Philadelphia Eagles. All right, uh, Johnny Mac, safe travels. McMullen's off to South uh, Philly. That means Mark Farzett is going to jump in for him. We've got a good uh, second hour guest coming your way as well. So stay right here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Number two, Birds 365. You got Mac and Mark. That's different than Mac and Mac. Jody McDonald and Mark Farzetta, the handsome fellow there to my right, uh, who is Mr. Philly's postgame show here on uh, Jacob Media. But when we need him to talk birds, he's ready, willing, and able. Marky, thanks for hopping in today, buddy. My absolute pleasure. Looking forward to it. Got the text yesterday from our boy Xander, and he said, uh, Phil, at hour two, I said, I'm your Huckleberry. So here I am, my friend. Thank you very much. Uh, now, what are you going to do on Sunday? Uh, Phillies play. want to just uh, get, yeah. get a comfortable spot in front of a couch, go right from the <laughs> Phillies into the Eagles. Uh, are you married still uh, these days? Are you? <laughs> I'm still married. <laughs> just checking. Yes, in. I am five years married. Uh, are my you, wife are you putting it now. at risk since you're going to be in front of the TV nonstop? Don't talk uh, to me, honey. Sorry, I'm out for oh. the next uh, 12 hours. I, Is that going to be an issue for you? Jody, I, I gave my wife a schedule, a very strict schedule. I said, you can only talk to me you, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, these whoa, hours. Whoa, whoa. Time out, Philadelphia. <laughs> you gave your wife a schedule? I said, look. That doesn't let's... work that no, way with no, most no, of no. us. No, it's no, the no, other no. way around. No, the that... wife gives us a schedule. I said, look, toots, this is when I'm Ooh. available. You abide by the very strict okay, schedule. Hold on a second. Gotcha. What, babe? 
Yeah, you, no, I'll do the dishes. Yeah, yeah no, I said I'd get on. it. Right? Uh, you want me to clean the car? I'll clean the car. Love you. Okay, bye. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's how that works. Don't you worry. Uh, honey, do list. Yeah, we're all very <laughs> familiar with that one. All right, Farzetti, season gets underway on Sunday. Preseason is what it is. The Eagles do less is more work and practice and everything else. And then come Sunday, it's the quality of the players and the coaching staff against the quality and players and the coaching staff and the opposition. And we all think that Bill Belichick is one of, if not the greatest coach of all time. Do the Patriots have enough talent to stay in this game? They've got the the Brady emotion thing going for them. They've got uh, the most talented coach. In a, but the bottom line is the 53 guys in uniform and pads are going to go out there and decide this much more than anything else. The Patriots match up at all against the Eagles? Uh, nope, nope, they Neither don't. Do. Uh, the, the, <laughs> here's, I mean, in all honesty, that's the easy answer: is no, they don't. The Eagles should win this game. I believe the Eagles will win this game. But if you're really looking for some mismatches here, well, I, I think if I'm um, uh, Bill O'Brien, uh, I'm going to run the football uh, a good amount early. I'm going to I'm going to use a lot of you know using the run to set up the pass, basic stuff right there. But I want to test Nicobe Dean. Uh, right now, I don't know what you guys have. Uh, if I'm Bill Bill O'Brien, I want to see what you guys have at the safety position. I want to see if a guy uh, like Reed Blankenship is as good as he's supposed to be coming into his first year as a starter, a regular starter coming into the year. Uh, I want to see what a guy like uh, Terrell Edmonds is going to do. I want to see what a guy like Justin Evans could do, what a guy like Sidney Brown could do if they're out there. I want to test the unproven commodities of the Philadelphia Eagles, most notably, I think, at the linebacker position. And if you're Mac Jones, you want an opportunity to try to pick apart that secondary. If you're Bill O'Brien, you want to run the football and make sure you can establish that run early. But that's really, yeah. I mean, other than the obvious, you know, Bill Belichick's a great head coach. And yes, like you said, probably the greatest ever, maybe one of the great, absolutely one of the greatest ever. Well, that's maybe a bit of a mismatch. But if you're Brian Johnson, if you're Sean Desai, you want to have a little bit of the element of surprise for maybe them not knowing what exactly you want to do. And Sean Desai talked about that yesterday at his press, press conference. Maybe if there's any advantage that he has, it's that you haven't seen my defense yet. But bottom line, Eagles should win this game. The Eagles will win this game, and the Eagles are going to start the season off 1-0, and uh, like a lot of us uh, would imagine a team as talented as this should. The Philadelphia Eagles last year, regular season, averaged 29.1 points per game. I love the fact when we got to go to the point whatever because – Yeah, nobody, accuracy. Nobody scores point whatever once the game actually starts, but they did score 29.1, which was just slightly less than guess who? The Kansas City Chiefs, who scored 29.2 points per game. So they were the two best teams, and they were standing at the end of the year, and it's about the offense. If I tell you that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to score 29.1 points per game on Sunday, you'll tell me I'm an idiot because you can't score 0.1 points. But let's just round it off to 29 points. That's going to be enough to win the game. Is it going to be enough to win the game handily? Uh, Doubling back on the defense here, I guess. Um, how many points do you think they're giving up to uh, the Patriots? I think they give up some. I think they cover. I think they come in the 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 lane of uh, around 17 to, to 21. Like, I think they're going to be in that range. I think there's going to be a couple of things that's going to catch this defense off balance. Um, I, I just don't, or uh, you know, off guard. I, I, I don't see a phenomenal defensive performance, but I see the offense just being ready to go. And one of the things Jalen Hurts said yesterday was, you want to make sure you establish the right tone for the season. 
The Eagles certainly did that against a much different opponent last year in the Detroit Lions, who started out the season one and six before they rallied to be eight and two the rest of the way. But when you look at this Eagles team, I think they're, as we've been saying, and as I've said every time I've been on with you for the last couple of weeks now, Jody, I don't believe this team is going to face the Super Bowl hangover. I think they got the leadership and above all else, the talent to avoid that. And I think offensively speaking, they're going to come out of the gates just raring and ready to go. Defensively, I think there might be a hiccup or two. You're dealing with some young guys, some inexperienced guys as well. So I think that's where you're going to be looking at a spot where maybe they have a little bit of a curve to uh, to, to overcome. Um, but, but one thing I do want to mention, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. Sure. Uh, you, you mentioned it a second ago, uh, again, with the idea of Tom Brady being in the building and it being Tom Brady Day and all that stuff. I was talking with our new friend, Bill Calarulo of Legal Hands to the Face. He was on my show the other day, and he's going to be doing halftime with me and the guys uh, during the Eagles season from uh, Ocean Casino. We can talk about what it means to the Patriots in a positive way. You know, they're amped up. They're ready to go. But what does it mean for a guy like Mac Jones? Like, is there a little extra added pressure in his regard, on his side of the thing? Being that Tom Brady's in the building, you know, the greatest ever, who happened to also play the same position in the same stadium for a lot of years and be the greatest ever. Is there a little bit more pressure on Mac Jones? It's like, wow, that's the guy right there. Now I'm supposed to be him again. Is there any added pressure to Mac Jones with it being Tom Brady? I get the hype. I get the excitement. I get the adrenaline. But as Mac Jones looking at it and go, okay, well, I, I better perform because the old guy's right there. And, um, he might be able to still play this position better than I I could right now. He could walk off the sideline with his new bag of golf clubs or whatever, and he could come on and take my spot and play better than me right now. That might be in the back of Mac Jones's head. That's uh, outstanding work by you putting those eagle-colored glasses on to come up with. <laughs> it's going to be more of a negative that it's Brady Day. The added pressure to Mac Jones huh? will make huh? it easier for the Eagles than what? Yeah, I don't think. You, you really? Put on, you put them on the scale – more positive, more negative. Yeah, I think he got a very motivated crowd. I think he got a juiced up crowd. And they know as soon as Brady comes out, whatever he's going to do. And he's going up to the box. He's going to be standing there next to the owner. He's not coming back down. He knows it. Mac Jones knows it. Every single fan knows it. They'll turn their attention to uh, backing Mac Jones and the like. No, I, okay. I, don't, I don't see how it's a negative. I All right, let's, one more positive. thing. One more thing on that note, just an idea, just an idea. I think everyone would really enjoy this, especially Patriots fans. Whatever they – they're going to give Tom Brady something, okay? They're going to get, like I said, a bag of golf balls, a bag – I don't know. How great would it be if Brandon Graham just came up and smacked it out of his hand? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? Now, this is between you and I. Sources say – I've got sources. It's a lifetime pass to a massage place down in South – uh, Florida. I just, uh, there's a maybe that I heard it could be. So can uh, BG get his hand in there and snack away a membership card? It'd be, a membership card, or, or or is it? What was it? Or or, or orchids of Asia? Uh, what? So, so, what the some, hell, man? Something hell? along those lines. And the words "happy ending" will not be mentioned at all on Sunday. Might be here on Birds 365, but will not be mentioned uh, when he gets his card on Sunday, Mr. Brady. But just that's. Hey, hey, guess that is my sources. The I'm sources. not going to name my sources no. either. Don't ask no. me to name my sources. I'm not going there. <laughs> but this is what sources said to me. Um, all right, so the Patriots coming up on Sunday. And meanwhile, the NFL opens up in all places Thursday night here tonight against KNC. Chiefs, certainly without Chris Jones. They could get him signed today. They're not getting him in the lineup tonight. That's a given. And perhaps without Travis Kelsey, who injured himself in practice the other day, they're going to have him work out this morning and see if he is a go or not. My guess is 
I'll take another. No sources here. This is just purely a Jody McDonald guest. He's going to try and play. He'll be yeah. active. He'll yeah. get out there. Is he Travis Kelsey? We know Travis Kelsey will be compromised. Yeah, that's a possibility, but I don't think he's going to sit tonight. Um, we know that those two teams played for the Super Bowl again this year. Can the Chiefs actually lose the opener here on Thursday night football, Mark? Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Look, the, the Lions have done a great job in the offseason. They, they've made a, a ton of, uh, let's say, very attractive moves, bringing in a couple of guys that could be starters for them. Obviously, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, that we know all too well, uh, adding him with a guy like uh, Aiden Hutchinson, who had a phenomenal year last year, a start to what will be a great career for him, I'm sure. Uh, de- offensively speaking, they brought in a new weapon in uh, Sam Laporta as a tight end to, to help out um, – Jared Goff, there's some guys that can obviously help out on the offensive side of things. David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, before they uh, traded the Andre Swift to the Eagles. They've made some great adjustments. They've made some great things, uh, done some great things in the offseason. But that being said, I don't think they're ready to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead opening week, whether or not there is Travis Kelsey on the field or not. I, I agree with you that he's going to try to go. He's at least going to trot out there on the field for a couple of snaps, see how he feels. Worst case scenario, be a decoy. But if you're the if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you can't let it go beyond that, can you? I mean, if he tries it and he's 100, percent it's like, oh yeah, I feel great. Then I guess you just let it go. But if there's even a there's a little discomfort, then you got to get him the hell out. You can't have him start out week one with a hyper extension on Tuesday and have him play on Thursday full bore. Yeah, That's I think to me. I, I do think they will attempt that if Kelsey says. Because Kelsey's the only know the only one who knows what his percentage is. Yeah, sure. If he tells you he's a hundred and he's actually forty, what the how the hell are you gonna know? You, you gotta take the guy's word for it. And I yeah. think he will blatantly look Andy Reid in the face and lie and tell him I'm a damn close to hundred percent. They gotta watch think. the swell. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you do think they will give it a go? I think he's gonna play. Uh, yeah. Now we'll find out early enough. See, here's the beauty of it. You can say whatever you want to say. He's going to go out. He's going to work. He's going to come over. He's going to talk to the trainer. He's going to talk to the coach. I'm out. And then you go out and you watch a couple plays. You go, yeah, nice try, buddy. You can't move. You can't change direction. Uh, see you later. Bye. And then they're going to be stuck with that roster spot. But uh, I think for sure he will dress for tonight's game. Just a guess on my mm. part. Um, all right. John and I talked with uh, Les Bone last hour a lot about the defense, about Jonathan Gannon's old defense, which is now showing the size defense. He has gone over, bent over backwards to tell everyone that this defense schematically is going to be the same as last year's, that it's all about not giving up the chunk plays and uh, that they're going to make a team work to get the ball down the field and not worry about uh, guys uh, making 50-yard catches against them. I want to see something a little bit different. I, I I get it. It's going to be really close to the same thing, but it's not going to be the exact. It can't be. They're two different people. They've got two different philosophies. The Eagles have changed a lot of the players by need, by necessity. What's going to be the biggest defense difference on defense between the issues, Eagle defense and issues, Eagle defense. And will we even see any of it week number one? Uh, oh, yeah, I think you're going to see it week number one because I think it's a security blanket for a guy like N'Kobe Dean. Now, I, I want to be clear. I feel like we always have to stress this before we make a prediction about something that's going to happen. It's not going to be Jim Johnson's defense. It's not going to be Buddy Ryan's defense, okay? But we are going to see an uptick in attempting to make mistakes happen by the offense. I think your defense now under Sean Desai, when he says the word 
palpable, or he talks about how he wants the defense to reflect the city. I think he is talking about um, at a slightly more uh, increased clip, you're going to see this team blitz. I think you're going to see N'Kobe Dean revert to what he did so well in college and running behind the guys that he ran so, so well behind and trying to shoot the gap right between your uh, defensive tackles and trying to get into the backfield. I think you're going to see that a lot more often than what you saw uh, with T.J. Edwards. And T.J. Edwards was next to none. Did You rarely, you rarely blitz your middle linebacker. So I do think you're going to see that week one. I think you're going to see N'Kobe Dean do what he did so well in college at the pro level. And I think you're going to see it with success. It's not going to be nauseating. It's not going to be like, oh, this overly aggressive defense. It's not going to be anything like that. But you're certainly going to see it more than what you saw from Jonathan Gannon. I think defense, that's the thing that's going to jump out uh, that will be different. Also, you could see opportunities there for both Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith on the field at the same time, trying to come off the edge and get into the backfield. That might not be a, a blitz necessarily, but beating a one-on-one -on -one battle or coming off the edge, that's another way I think you're going to see a little bit more pressure induced by your defensive coordinator, more so than what you saw from Jonathan Gannon. There'll be more sacks this time around by blitz than opposed to guys just winning their one-on-one -on -one battles at the line of scrimmage. And, oh, by the way, which I think is actually hysterical, um, some Eagle fans like to tell you that Hassan Reddick plays linebacker. No, he doesn't play linebacker. He plays edge. That's edge rusher, That's a defensive yeah. end position. That's not a linebacker position. However, if he's getting sacks and you think he's a linebacker, you know what that's called? <laughs> a blitz. So Jonathan Gannon must have blitzed a lot last year because Hassan Reddick got all those sacks. We can't have it both ways. Tell us, oh, you know, his son Reddick's actually a linebacker, but we still don't blitz enough. Yeah, you do. If you're bringing a linebacker, when N'Kobe Dean goes up the middle and gets Mac Jones on uh, Saturday, we're going to call that a blitz, right? And he's yes. going to get credit for a blitz sack, which, oh, by the way, I agree with you. I think he is going to use N'Kobe and give him a chance to do what he did in college. The thing that scares me a little bit about that, when you do it, and I think Kobe, uh, N'Kobe will be up to it, I think he'll get pressure. I hope he gets home and actually registers the sack. Puts a lot of pressure on everybody else inside the middle of that defense, Cunningham and the safeties and the like. They they need to pick it up if you're going to be sending on N'Kobe on those kind of plays. And I, I'm confident, but I'm not uh, over-the-top confident that the rest of the Eagle middle-of-the-field defense is going to be good enough. Are you? Uh I'm very confident. Uh, I think your defensive line is, is is stacked yet again. Your edge rushers included in that. Uh, I think you can afford to use your middle linebacker in that blitz situation simply because you have three corners out there that can absolutely hold it down. I mean, Avante Maddox, when he's been healthy, has been one of the best nickel corners, slot corners in the game. You obviously have Darius Slay and James Bradbury that can hold down the outside well. And James Bradbury, as we all know at this point, has gotten a lot of work at the nickel position as well. But as far as I'm concerned, I think because of your corners, you can afford the opportunity to, uh, with your four-man front, send a guy up the middle like the Kobe Dean and get a rush like that, especially with Fletcher Cox and Jalen Carter potentially seeing different uh, double teams throughout the course of a game. I love the opportunity there, and I think the opportunity is presented simply because your corners are that good. It's not just willy-nilly. Who cares about anybody else? That's what you got to do. You got to evaluate the talent that you do have. And I think the Eagles are stacked uh, three ways right there at the cornerback position. So I'd love to see that opportunity happen where they do send that middle linebacker through the line of scrimmage to try to make something good happen in the backfield. I think they'll have the, the wide receivers covered. They'll be fine outside with the corner coverage, but inside – 
with the tight ends. And if there's a back coming out of the backfield, we need to learn a little bit about how good these safeties are in coverage because the pressure is going to be on them if you're sending a guy like a N'Kobe Dean on the blitz. All right, he's for Zed. I'm McDonald. That makes this Mac and Mark. Coming up, we got a Marty man joining us. Uh, so we got a lot of M's working today. Rob Marty, lead writer for the Associated Press, is going to jump in with us here on Birds 365. Stick around. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Mac and Mark here with Young Birds 365, and we are heading down to Florida. Yeah, he's a Florida native now. When you never take the South Philly out of a guy like Rob Motti, he will forever be one of ours, and he's here with us on Birds 365 the week before the season gets underway. Mighty man, what is going to be the story of week one in the NFL? Is it going to be the Philadelphia Eagles winning 57 to nothing? And uh, we all get crazy about how they should just cancel the rest of the season and give us the Lombardi trophy. 
or it will be something else. Well, if you're talking league-wide, I think the storyline for week one and, and really for the season is what Aaron Rodgers is going to do with the New York Jets. And Love they it. get a big, tough test the first first game of the season against the Buffalo Bills and, and Josh Allen. And, and if you, you, you want to be the team to beat in the, in the AFC East, you got to go through the team that's dominated that division for a few years. And it's going to be a tough AFC. It's going to be a tough division. Uh, very interested to see what the Jets do. I think that's the big storyline if you want to stay close to home and talk about the Birds and the Patriots. Jody, I don't know about 57 nothing, but uh, I do <laughs> I do think that this one's going to be uh, one of those games where you, you got an eye on the rest of the league or if you're watching the Phils too as well because it's not going to be uh, at all concerning to Eagles fans. I just don't see any way with the Patriots. Uh, I know they got Bill Belichick, who, by the way, He's 80 and 90 as a head coach without Tom Brady. He's a losing head coach without Tom Brady. But uh, everyone's still afraid he's going to be able to put something together and prepare and, and have his team ready to go. I just don't see a way where the Patriots can beat the Eagles other than if the Eagles, like any team can do any given Sunday, beat themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob, I want to ask you about something that's connected to Philadelphia, but no longer in Philadelphia, and that's Jonathan Gannon. I want to jump right to this story because it is a spicy meatball. Uh, so apparently Gannon is airing uh, allegedly, door, uh, you could call it dirty laundry. He's given the trade secrets, the company's secrets while he was here, saying it was his idea for Nick Sirianni to give up the play calling. Uh, you know, uh, Jody knows, I know, you've done interviews with people where they say something that you're not expecting. You're like, oh, damn. And there's that story in The Athletic where Jonathan Gannon Apparently told Nick Sirianni, we're all going to get fired. Who cares? Yeah, you got to give up the play calling. Um, what did you make of that story? And do you buy that story of Jonathan Gannon? I, I don't think that Jonathan Gannon is going to lie about something like that. I don't know how much influence he had, though, on Nick Sirianni. That could be one of those where he's thinking along those lines and and guys are getting input from each other, right? Hey, uh, I think maybe you should do this or, or whatever, but um, I don't I don't believe at the end of the day that Jonathan Gannon was the sole major deciding factor that Nick Sirianni gave up play calling duties. It's very interesting, like you said, Mark. Sometimes you do these interviews and, and somebody will say something to you. Like uh, you can go back to I guess it was Sean Payton and um, Jared Bell from USA Today when he went on and, uh, and off on Nathaniel Hackett and what a right. terrible job he did. Although I think Sean might be a little bit more calculated wanting to, to put more pressure uh, or take some pressure off. But uh, that to me was a little bit – It's I don't know what Jonathan Gannon's thinking. Other than that team's in tank mode, uh, he realizes he might be a one-and-done head coach. Uh, he's, he's in – he might be in over his head trying to rebuild a franchise right now that – is slowly trying to get there. I don't think they have any concern about wins and losses this season because they know where they're headed. Um, it's it's strange, but I, I don't feel like Jonathan Gannon is going to have that much influence on Nick Sirianni. It's that could have been a collective decision. I'm not sure. Strange though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I don't doubt that at some point he mentioned it. Do I think Sirianni went, oh my God, why don't I make change take on my play call? No, I don't think it came out <laughs> quite that way. Um, back to the birds for a second. And I think you both picked up on my tongue being implanted in my cheek when I said 57 to nothing, but I truly do believe this. We've gone almost 20 years since there's been a repeat winner of the NFC East. 
and there are some people out there that are touting the Dallas Cowboys as a team that can not only finish the regular season with a better record than Eagles, but maybe even finally get back to a Super Bowl or not. I'm not buying. I, I, I'm not as high on the Cowboys as some other people are. And the key for me is Mike McCarthy doing the play calling. I think uh, McMullen and I talk about this all the time. We both love Jeff Lurie. I think he's one of the best owners in the National Football League. But when things go awry, he seems to have to try and find a scapegoat and put it on somebody's shoulders, coaching staff, whatever. Somebody's got to pay a price when you underachieve. And guess what? They did the same thing in Dallas this year, and Kellen Moore got his neck chopped off, which I didn't think he necessarily deserved. I think he's a pretty damn good play caller. Mike McCarthy, play caller, Dallas Cowboys. How good do you think he's going to be at it this year, Rob Monty? Well, Jody, uh, good enough to go to the Super Bowl. That was my prediction. I got oh. the Cowboys. I got the oh. Cowboys winning. Marty, the- man, what are you doing to us? I got them winning the uh, the NFC East and beating the 49ers in the NFC Championship game and going to the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, You're I one of like those. The- yeah, we. I know. I got them losing when they get there to the Bengals, but uh, I I think I really like I really like the additions of Brandon Cooks. Uh, Stefan Gilmore. Uh, I look at Mozzie Smith up front. That's one of their weaknesses on the defensive line is in the interior stopping the run. Uh, they feel like he could be a guy who solidifies that. I don't feel like Trey Lance's addition is going to put any pressure on Dak Prescott. Like some people think like, hey, it's time to step up. I think Dak Prescott realizes uh, he, he's got to be better than he was last year. And, and I'm willing to uh, look at last year and then look at the totality of his career and say I, he's going to be the guy that we saw in, in 2021 more so than we did last year with the interceptions. M- Mike McCarthy, play caller, is, is something where, hey, we just talked about Nick Sirianni taking over the play calling uh, or giving up the play calling. Now you got the opposite I don't know how long it lasts. There's there's a ton of pressure to win in Dallas. There who, would they, is, who would they go to if McCarthy yeah, and, and that's, struggling that, early? Who on that offensive staff would he lean on to say, yeah, no, I'm gonna pass this off to you? You've and you've seen a ton of like you've seen a ton of coaches who can do this. And and why why can't he go through the season and be able to have some success if he has a feel for what he wants to do? Uh, they've got more. They've got some weapons on on offense. They're counting heavily. I, I feel on Tony Pollard to be that guy at running back, so they can balance their offensive attack. And, and I felt like, as you mentioned earlier, the we haven't seen a repeat winner in the NFC East since the Eagles did it. Oh one to oh four. The Eagles were extremely healthy last year, and, and I, I'd be I'm concerned a little bit about the injury bug. It's hard to go through two seasons with uh, the, the success that the Eagles had in the training room, not being having 22 starters healthy for the Super Bowl. So I wanted to change it up, uh, and I didn't want to put the 49ers and Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. So I went down. So I love Stephon Gilmore in the secondary. He's a guy who's been a defensive player of the year. I think he's going to help them uh, tremendously back there. And, and uh, you know, how about them Cowboys? I, I could end up being completely wrong, and I certainly won't mind that. What the hell are they putting in the water supply down there, Florida, there, Rob Motti? We got to send you some bottles of water, that good old Schuylkill tap. You know what I'm saying? 
Oh man, yeah. Well, we it it I did make my pick during the le- the, the latest hurricane uh, uh, scare, so <laughs> nice. it, it, that could that could have been part of it, you know, as you're running out there and wind swirling and you're trying to be uh, watch out for your house doing this and whatever's going on. So maybe I got smacked upside the head. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe, 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 maybe. But I gotta ask this. Okay, so you obviously have uh, you know a high opinion of the Cowboys there. So where do the Eagles come up short in that mix? What's the Eagles' problem this season? Just not being talent as talented as the Cowboys in in this uh, the parallel universe you've created? No, I, I certainly think the Eagles are they're loaded, they're stocked, they're ready to go. Um, it's hard. We we've seen teams after going to a Super Bowl and losing the Super Bowl. I know they're hungry. They're saying all the right things. We want to go back. We want to finish. I, I've talked to a lot of the guys. I've talked to Hertz and Reddick and DeAndre Swift, and they, they're like, hey, we're determined to go there and win it, unfinished business. They're all saying the right things, but th- there's there's some turnover on defense, I think, it, we, and we all know that. We, we've seen they got a new defensive coordinator. They lost some key guys. I do feel their young players are going to step up, whether it's Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, even Nolan Smith, who's like a reserve at this point, first round pit, which is that's the luxury they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, some turnover uh, that they have there, some linebacker question marks, some safety, uh, some some concerns there. I don't think the Eagles are going to be that far behind Dallas. I, I think this could be a, a situation where both teams win 12 games or, or both teams are right there within a game of each other and Dallas gets the tiebreaker. I just didn't want to give it to the team uh, back-to-back years. And and my thing is they stayed so healthy last year, uh, I'm worried about that. And, and if you lose somebody key on the offensive line, like as great as that offensive line was last year, they dominated. I don't think they get it. We give them uh, a lot of credit in the Philadelphia area or those who follow the team closely – I don't know if – and I know Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey were both all pros. I don't know if people realize just how great that offensive line was last year, and, and they need to stay healthy because that's the key. They keep Jalen Hurts safe. They allow that run game to open up. They allow him time to throw the ball, and, and if they lose a key guy here or there, there's some older guys there. Jason Jason, and, and Lane are over 30. I don't want to jinx anybody, but that's a little bit of my concern is, is – perhaps the injury factor sets in at some point. Fair enough. And last year, Jalen Hurts took, for me, the biggest leap I've ever seen, a first-year quarterback starter to his second year. That's the biggest improvement I've ever seen of any quarterback ever. There isn't another step in there, is it? Can Eagle fans actually think, well, he went from here to here. Oh, he's going all the way up there. Can Is that too much to ask? I think there's still another level, Jody uh, oh, yeah. and Mark. I Good. think there's so another Andy level Aaron. that that Jalen Hurts can go to. Uh, I do a lot of interviews where people ask me uh, around the league and in different cities, like, oh, is, is Jalen Hurts going to take a step back? And I tell them, what have you seen in Jalen Hurts' play, in his performance, that indicates or suggests to you that he's going to take a step back? Everything I've seen from Jalen Hurts suggests to me he's going to take a step back. Up, so I I don't know why people feel that way. They look at the season he had. Oh, he had a breakout year. I don't believe it's a fluke. I believe that this is a kid who's hungry, who's determined, who puts in the work, who's got everyone. uh, Everything he does is calculated. 
to have success, to have long-term sustained success. And uh, maybe his rushing totals go down a little bit this year and, and his passing numbers may be similar. And then the totality of, of his stats don't look as good, but I think he can take a step forward still by the way he controls the game, by the way he he plays by the way he makes his reads, by the way he uh, understands defenses, makes passes, throws, all of that stuff. Uh, he's got, we've always talked about his intangibles and the characteristics that he brings to the table. And, and we saw him last year be an MVP runner up. I don't see why he shouldn't be in that conversation and why he shouldn't be a guy that this organization looks at. They paid him to be the man for uh, the next decade. And, and I don't see why he can't be that guy. We go into every year thinking, all right, Jalen, just a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Uh, I, I still see him go on the rise. I'll give you the reason for it, and I'll take two minutes here, Mark, if that's okay, and uh, reveal something about myself. I'm a degenerate horse racing player, okay? If you have a horse who runs like, and I could take 20 minutes and explain speed figures to you as well, but if he runs a 72 and a 74 and a 69, and then all of a sudden he puts up a 95, that doesn't happen. You're showing kids as a boom, he goes through the roof. That next race out is more likely going to be somewhere in the 80s. If you take this gigantic jump, it's called a bounce. You're going to bounce back down. That's why I think people are going, can he really do it again? Every once in a while, you get the superstar horse that goes, 72, 74, 95, 98, and does go up another notch very rarely. If if Jalen Hurts does it this year, he is going to be a one-of-a-kind quarterback. That's just my horse racing analogy, and I apologize for it, but I can't help myself. I'm I'm a, I'm I'm addicted. He's the next Smarty Jones. <laughs> there you go. Smarty just kept getting better exactly right until he got sucked in in the Belmont Stakes, and I still that's one of the worst days of my horse racing and sports following career, as a matter of fact, in Elmont, New York. Mm. I apologize for going off course, Mark. That, <laughs> off it. track? I, off track, maybe? Off track? No. Um, uh, of course, uh, track. When, uh, I have a similar uh, analogy, but it, it revolves around somebody else. So if you look at Jalen Hurts, for instance, last year, it might have been a, between his head and the, and the ceiling, it might have been a mile. Now it might be like one-eighth of a mile to how, as much better as he could be, but he's still, I think, going to get better this year. But what about somebody else? Is there anybody else on this roster that was here last year, Rob, that you think could take a Hertzian leap forward from last year to this year? Like that's someone that has that high ceiling that will get a lot closer to what their potential actually is. Anybody from last year's roster on this year's roster that you think will have that big leap forward? First, as you're asking me that question, first name that leaped in my mind is Jordan Davis. Uh, I'm looking at a guy who uh, had tremendous – potential coming in last year they didn't need to rely on him or count on him much because of that depth up front on the defensive line you lose Javon Hargrave uh, I know they brought in Jalen Carter and and now you, you got to you got those uh, a little bit of a mix of young guys in there but I think Jordan Davis this year settled in uh, a full season under his belt they do have a little change at the defensive coordinator position go have to have gone through the offseason now training camp getting uh, accustomed to to Sean Desai and what he's bringing to the table. I can see Jordan Davis taking a step up. I don't know if it would be Hertzian levels. I don't know if there's anybody in the NFL capable no. of going from eh, right there, mediocre. Is he going to be the starter? Is he going to be the answer? Oh, no, he's an MVP level guy 
but but I think he could take a big leap forward, which would be uh, certainly benefit the Eagles up front and, and in the middle of that defense. All right. Uh, despite the fact that you've incorrectly projected the fact that the Cowboys are going to go by the Eagles in the NFC East, I still appreciate your opinion. And I'm going to ask you about the other team that made the playoffs in the division last year. That was the Giants. Not only did they make the playoffs, they went in and won a road playoff game against the vastly uh, overrated by their record Minnesota Vikings, but a road playoff win just the same. The Giants year two of Brian Dayball, they are committed to their quarterback, which I'm not sure is the right play, but that's where they went. Uh, Where did the Giants go off the season that they had last year? Are they going to take a step up? How tough is this going to be for the Giants if they're the third best team in the NFC, but a damn good team at that? Jody, I got to take a step back and and falling out of the playoffs. I'm not a believer in Daniel Jones. I I don't know how he's a $40 million quarterback in the NFL. I know what the market is. Uh, I do like the addition of Darren Waller, the tight end, uh, slash plays like a receiver guy uh, to help that um, offense and to help Daniel Jones. But I, I, I don't I don't think this team is going to be in in a final four. I, I don't think that they're going to be a serious contender for the NFC East. I think it's Eagles, Cowboys, and then Giants. And, and I'm, I'm separating my hands like by a foot right here mm-hmm. because I, I feel that's the big gap between these teams. They could be right around uh, eight, nine wins and, and not make it this season. Uh, they, 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 to me, the Giants are a little bit of a product of, now I know they had, they went on a road, they, they beat the Vikings, but they're a little bit of a, a product of their, their success last year and the accolades they had last year being in New York. Like I, I don't understand how Brian Dable was the uh, coach of the year over Doug Peterson. I, I just don't see how he was the, the coach of the year other than he's, he's in New York. He's a Giants head coach, and Dougie P was over in Jacksonville who took over Urban Meyer's disaster and just all of a sudden won a – won a, a playoff game and, and won a division with that team. All he does, by the way, is, is find a way to win no matter where he is. Uh, I, I do like the addition of their wide receiver, uh, the young kid, Jalen Hyatt, who I, I, I think I had him going to the Giants in the first round. They got him a little bit uh, later. So I, I they got some additions. They got an opportunity to help Daniel Jones, but there's a tremendous amount of pressure on, on that guy. And he's to me, not the answer for them. I, I think they're going to be at around eight, nine wins. And, and on the outside looking in the, the, the Eagles could probably sweep this team. So can the Cowboys. And it starts. I love that Sunday night matchup Dallas on the road in New York against the giants next night, giant at bills jets there. You know what? I like it so much. I might end up going to both of those. Games. Ooh, very <laughs> nice. Oh, let's I'll just look at this. I'll just go to those games. All right, whatever. Um, Rob, uh, real quick, just the running back room of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I know some people are concerned with who's going to be the RB one or whatever. Are they wasting their time? The Eagles, even on their depth chart now on the website, just has everyone as a starter, which I think is hilarious. Um, is there a guy that you think will jump out as the number one guy on this, uh, in this Eagles running back room? Yeah, it's a nightmare for anybody who has an Eagles running back on their fantasy roster. Say, like, oh, who, who do I start this week? Do I go with DeAndre Swift? Do I go with the, They're going to ride the hot hand, but I think the DeAndre Swift is going to get the the bulk of the carries initially. Uh, they certainly feel uh, they got a ton of um, respect for what Kenny Gainwell can do, and and you saw that he was the guy they were feeding in the Super Bowl more so than Miles Sanders. 
So I, I think those two, uh, Rashad Penny, if he's healthy and can stay on the field, can certainly be used effectively. How do you break up those carries? What are the Eagles going to run around 20, 25 times? Like sometimes you see them, if you count Jalen's, they're over 30 rushes. I think it'll be mostly DeAndre Swift, but then they'll, they'll ride the hot guy. And then Boston Scott's always been uh, – it's not Giants week, so maybe we can wait on him a little bit. All right. Uh, you know that here at uh, Jacob Media, we do an Eagles postgame show, and Seth Joyner is a big part of that. And despite the fact that the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, Seth had to endure their non-aggressive defense all last year. You know how Seth liked to see defensive play like every other fan in Philadelphia, or at least it seems that way. Part of that is safety as well. And I know you got a gig coming up with Brian Dawkins that I want to let you talk about in a second, but we have questions about the safety position. Everyone is just writing in Lance Blankage. Oh, he's great. Lance is going to be the guy. Lance, undrafted free agent. He started four games last year. Now, he filled in nicely. You lose the CJGJ and you think there's going to be a massive drop off, and there wasn't. So I don't want to uh, downplay what he did last year, but he's got. All of four starts underneath his belt, and now he's their lead safety. How big a concern is safety for the Philadelphia Eagles, and how big a concern do you think Brian Dawkins thinks it is for a safety position at the Philadelphia Eagles this year? Yeah, when you got a guy like Brian Dawkins and and you had a, a Hall of Famer who brings it the way he does and plays it at his level, it, it kind of spoils things for the rest of the, the rest of Eagles fans who watched him and then the re- anyone else who steps into that position. They had some pretty good ones too. Malcolm Jenkins was a tremendous safety. Very true. Uh, in Philly, helped them win a, a Super Bowl, but that's the one area I look at right now. You know, you're counting on Blankenship, and and you see. If you look at this particular game, it's going to be actually a big test. I'm not concerned about the Patriots wide receivers at all. Uh, I, I think, obviously, you got a, a great tandem, a Pro Bowl tandem, uh, and almost an all-pro tandem in, in Slay and Bradbury. And, and Maddox uh, in the nickel, as long as he stays healthy, is, is going to be solid. But Mac Jones can maybe, and the Patriots can look to exploit those those tight end uh, uh, matchups, Gesicki and, and Henry, against the Eagles safeties and, and the Eagles linebackers. So I think that'll be a tough test to see how, how they end up uh, coming out of that. Uh, to me, it's a concern early in the season. And it, unless they, if, if they can figure this out, then they'll, they'll be okay there. But I, I would look at that as probably one of my, that in the linebacker situations, the top two concerns on, on the entire team, not just on the defensive side, but only on, uh, on the entire team. And I'm not completely sold. I got to see more out of them. Uh, I, I got, I'm excited to see Christian Ellis though. I, I like that kid. I love his perseverance. I love how he keeps getting cut and keeps coming back. He's one of those Philly type success stories at, at, at linebacker. Um, maybe he, he can uh, also be a big part of this, but you mentioned Brian Dawkins. If I have a second to talk about sure. it, I got a tremendous event coming up with B doc. I've done these with him uh, several times now, and this one's going to be in South Jersey. It's a night with Brian Dawkins. Tickets are still available at faith on a field show. Uh, dot com slash Dawkins and September uh, guys is suicide prevention awareness month. So B doc has openly talked about what he's gone through mental health uh, issues, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, and how he overcame that. So we have this event in South Jersey in Sewell, New Jersey on Saturday, September 16th. The Eagles can beat the Vikings on, on Thursday night. You take Friday to, to recover Saturday, you come out and, and you see B doc, there's a VIP meet and greet and, 
if if you've never had an opportunity to be in the room when Brian Dawkins speaks, the passion and the fire he brought to the field, he brings to that stage. And it's it could be impactful and life-changing for you or someone you love, anyone you know who might need to hear that message. Uh, you can reach out to me. You can check uh, our, all our social media, my social media, again, faithonafieldshow.com slash Dawkins. There's a promo code for uh, discounted tickets. Use blessed. Doc always says blessed by the best. If you use that blessed, you'll get a discount tickets and pro- portion of the proceeds will go to Brian's Impact Foundation. Now, where is it going to be in Seoul? It, it's going to be at Fellowship uh, Bible Church in Seoul on uh saturday the 16th the vip i believe is at five the main event is at 6 30 very nice uh rob Marty, despite the fact that you picked the cowboys to finish ahead of the eagles the man, despite the fact <laughs> you got them going to the super bowl we still love you just the same uh appreciate you coming on board we'll get you back up in a couple of weeks thanks marty man you got it my guys take care that is stakingly picking the cowboys to win the nfc and this is not an eagle thing for me, and it's not an anti-cowboy thing for me. It's just a Jody Mack handicapping thing for me. I don't trust their head coach to call the play. Oh, okay. He'll do it for a couple of weeks and pull a Sirianni. I mean, again, and I mean, I don't know who made the decision. Uh, turn it over to Brian Schottenheimer. Remember, I'm a Jet guy. I watch Brian Schottenheimer call plays for the Jets. He stinks, too. So I, I really don't think it's going to be as close as some people. Certainly not as close as Rob Motti does. He's picking the Cowboys to finish ahead of the Eagles. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I don't mind the pick. He's an objective journalist. But I mind the how about them Cowboys. I mind that. I mind that many that times was, over. That that, that was with a troll job. Done with purpose. That's exactly what it was. He was trolling <laughs> Jody McDonald and Mark Farzetta you're sitting in that chair. Farzetta, he was trolling you too. And our 467 viewers right now, he's trolling you too. Oh, no, there's a couple of them that are Cowboy fans, and they're always on the stream as a match. So maybe not all 460 of you. Uh, he is Mark Farzad. I'm Jody McDonald. You know what we got to do? We got to come back, put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Mark, Mark Wyzett in for Johnny Mac, who's over in uh, Eagle Land to get, uh, I think said the size, no, uh, the offense coordinator is going to. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. So um, he'll be back with us. Manana to talk about that. But while I got Mark for the last 10 minutes here today, I want to ask him about two things that John and I discussed earlier in the show when I say earlier yesterday or earlier this week. and they both kind of bother me and maybe I'm old school and maybe I'm overly sensitive, but the Eagles laugh at a guy like me when I, I bring up stuff like this captains, they named their captains yesterday and they had seven returning captains from the year before, which is a, a fair number. It's a little on the large side, but it's not outrageous. So they added two more captains, both of their superstar wide receivers to go to a list of nine different captains. And oh, by the way, did you see the tweet they put out at PhiladelphiaEagles.com? They had a picture of the captains, and they didn't put Jake Elliott on it. They had all of the players except for Jake Elliott. Oh, really? It, yeah, I saw this yesterday. I couldn't believe it. it, it, it if I'm wrong, please correct me, because I've said it on the air twice now. And I didn't see Jake. They only had eight player of the, the guys that were captains. They didn't put Jake on the picture. And I don't I... know. I think Jake is on it. I think he's in the middle. I don't, he's not prominently displayed, but I, I, I remember looking at it and thinking the same thing. And I was like, Oh no, wait, hold on. That's him in the middle. I think. Um, I, yeah, no, he's in it. Is this, okay. hold, hold, on, right. hold on. Ready? Ready here. This is the, this is the highest form of production. Ready? Here we go. Is that the picture you saw? Yes. Sort of. It's a little blurry. Okay. Yeah. Jake's Jake is in the middle. Yeah. So how many guys they got there? Add them up. Uh, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, they had all nine. I counted up. Maybe, maybe it's my math skills that I can't count the nine. <laughs> uh, but I thought they left them out. But uh, no worries. They, they they went with a large contingent, a large group of captains. They yes, they'll all be going out for the coin toss. What the hell else? If you're going to be the captain, you want to go out for the coin toss, <laughs> and that's yeah. the biggest effing joke of all. Because you know what's going to happen at the coin toss. Half of them are going to go. Offense, offense, give us the ball. And Sirianni, there's no way he's ever going to take the ball. He's always going to defer. But he added two offensive guys. I'm hoping that A.J. Brown has enough nerve to say, yeah, we'll take the ball. As soon as they win the coin time. You know, and the Eagles all start looking at each other on the sideline. So that's what I'm rooting for. Chaos at some point. I right, yeah. not week one. They got to get a win and put that behind them. Uh, but at some point, I hope A.J. does that. You have any feelings, emotions, thoughts about captaincy too much, not enough, anything uh, else? 
I I I just I'm making too big a deal out of this. So. No, I think I don't. I'm not a big captain guy. I think it's a hockey thing, and I think it's just weird everywhere else. Like even uh, who was the closer? Was it was it Franco, the closer for the Mets that were the captain? Yeah. Uh, see, like in baseball, it's weird. In in football, I think it's odd. I think you know who your leaders are in football, especially when you're broken down in position groups. I think you just know who the guys are. They don't need that that C. But then on the other side of it, like Darius Slay was flat out emotional last year when they gave oh, it to yeah. him. Uh, Devontae Smith, I was surprised just because he's younger. Then I'm like, I guess he's just not that young anymore. For him to get the C, he was surprised by it. I, I Generally speaking, outside of hockey, I think the captaincy and the C on the actual uniform or whatever – in hockey, the sweater, I think is odd. But it, it when you actually label these guys as leaders and it means something to them, I think there is something to that. They wouldn't do it if there wasn't something to it. Uh, for me, to my eye, it still looks hokey when it's not uh, somebody skating around on the ice. Um, but, yeah, the biggest surprise to me was Devontae Smith of all the guys. But I guess if you were going to give another one to A.J. Brown, you had to give one to Devontae right. Smith. I don't know. Because if not, it starts the whole – Folk controversy. Team. Yeah. Who's one? Who's two? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that, I actually think they handled that correctly. I agree. Uh, and the other thing that bothers me a little bit, and I know this is me just being a douche, um, <laughs> the, the, their depth chart. And they put out an official depth chart. <laughs> and, well, what do you mean you have four starting running backs? How yeah. do you have four starting Ooh. running backs, Philadelphia Eagles? And I get the whole. Sirianni wants the competitive advantage thing. He doesn't want to tell anybody anything ahead of time. And I really, you think you're getting a competitive advantage ahead of Bill Belichick. You're, you're, you're really going to say that you're really going to believe that, that because you refuse to name a starting running back, you're going to somehow get the better of Bill Belichick. Again, it's just me, right? I'm being a fool. And like, like the captain's, meetings um the backfield's going to be crowded that's as simple as that the backfield's going to be very crowded you're going to have five guys four guys back there just ready to run the football at a moment's notice you're going to spread spread four guys out there into the flat to try to catch passes it's going to be bonkers jody uh, i i think it's look i thought that's what we had training camp for i thought that's why we had preseason i thought that's why we watched it is to it's just, you know, to, to know that you're the number one guy. We're going to depend on you more than most. So here's my question. And obviously it's going to come down to play. But is there like some kind of conch? Like, here's me. You want to talk about being a douche, Jody. Let me let me take that crown and put it on for a second. Okay. Is there like a contract negotiation thing here where well, he's not even our number one back? So why would we give him more money? He's not even our number one outside linebacker. Why would we give him more money? You know what I mean? So is there something that weighs into that? Because to me, the competitive advantage part of it is just dumb. You're going to rotate guys anyway. Why do you need to put it on a piece of paper? Yeah, I don't think how how he could try that, but I don't think it would really work too much. Uh, (laughs) We didn't name you this, so therefore we're going to pay you a half a million dollars less. No, yeah, that's not happening. Uh, But uh, it does bother me. And I get bothered by a lot of things. I don't think I'll be bothered by the Eagles' effort on Sunday, and we'll be back here again tomorrow to talk about the Patriots and the Eagles. The countdown is clicking, and we're getting that much closer to our first game. All right, you're back in tomorrow because McBone's got to run down uh, again manana, right? Yes, I am in at 9 o'clock again tomorrow. I'm in at hour number two with you, Mr. Jody Mack.
That's what we like to hear. Mark Fazetta will be back tomorrow. Who we got joining us tomorrow? I should remember. Oh, uh, you know it's going to be with you and I, uh, Domowicz, Paul Domowicz. Paul we'll Domo! I, yes. I have only met Domo maybe a couple times at most, and really? I, have admired, I have admired him. He's just, I mean, it's Paul Domowicz, you know, and I was coming up, and he was very much well-established. And it was like, I don't want to bother Paul Domowicz, you know what I mean? But I got to talk to him on very few occasions, but it's such a genuinely nice guy, and look forward to talking to him tomorrow regular dude if there ever was one and uh, his stat pack is something you need to be on top of he'll give us a little tease of it tomorrow here on the show uh looking forward to talking to him and forzetta and mcmullen we'll all be back it'll be a football friday be right here in two and two you've been listening to birds 365 the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.